Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast, the podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama Podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast. This is your host, Ian, and I have Joey Held with me today. He is the host of two different podcasts, the Parks and Rec Podcast and the host of Good People, Cool Things. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Ian. How are you? I am outstanding. And man, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is my second podcast that I'm starting. You have two podcasts. How do you do it? I mean, it's not always easy, but uh, building that consistency, I think, is the biggest thing. And honestly, part of it is just being passionate about what you're doing. If I uh, were doing a podcast on, I guess, carpentry, I probably probably wouldn't get past a couple of episodes because it's just not a passion of mine. And I, if, I, if I tried to uh, do any carpentry projects in my own house, that would end in disaster. Um, but love the show Parks and Rec. Uh, and Love chatting with entrepreneurs and letting them share their stories and uh, how they've built up their own creative projects. And so being passionate about both of those definitely helps. Definitely. And not only am I so uninterested in carpentry like you are, but I would never, if I had to cut a piece of wood again, like <laughs> since since seventh grade tech ed class, I'd probably lose an appendage or something. So yeah, going to stay the hell away from that. I remember taking a, a woodworking class during summer school one year, and this must have been seventh or eighth grade, something like that. And there was a kid in our class that was so excited about everything. He'd offer to pay people to do their projects for them. And being a 13-year-old, I was like, 20 bucks and you'll do my work? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And Heck yeah. I took him up on it. Uh, I hope he doesn't regret the investment. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure it was an investment well spent, man. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll cherish that uh, bird dish forever. <laughs> awesome. So just between between your two podcasts, you know, some of the things I wanted to ask you. So like what, uh, what kind of... Uh, audio workstation you use? What software do you use to edit your podcast? Uh, well, I do have a MacBook. So GarageBand comes preloaded on that. And that is usually my bread and butter. Uh, I also have used Audacity in the past. And if I am ever recording on a Windows computer, Audacity is my DAW of choice. Awesome. What kind of microphone are you using? Uh, right now, I have an Audio-Technica ATR2100 which I got probably about four or five months ago and very much enjoy the dual USB mixer capabilities. Uh, if I need to travel and on the run, I don't need to bring a whole mixer with me. I can just bring the microphone and uh, the various accoutrements that go along with it and just plug it right in via USB. Um, but then, especially for Parks and Rec, we're all in the same room and we've got different people of different volumes. I can plug it into a mixer and adjust accordingly and keep me quieter since I'm usually the loudest of the three. Is, uh, is it a condenser or is it a dynamic? Uh, I, I don't, I'm not too familiar with Audio-Technica. It's a condenser, uh, which I think is for me probably better because I uh, do not have a completely professional studio. Uh, it's more a guest bedroom, but uh, you know, I, I think it does a good job not picking up 
any kind of uh, air conditioning going off elsewhere in the house or as as is the case right now and i'm thankful that it's not coming up on the audio but a dog barking no that's awesome and uh i use i've used GarageBand for a while i use uh, logic pro x because for whatever reason i don't remember i think like five years ago i bought it and it's still on my computer and has been updating the whole time so it's uh, basically like GarageBand, but I, I like it a lot. And for when the dogs bark or there's air conditioning, just throw the the noise gate on. And most of the time I'm successful at filtering out that sound. Yeah, I'm a big Logic Pro fan as well. Uh, more more so just for making music. Um, I, I think I got six back in the day. And again, yeah, just kind of has updated over the years. Uh, although it's currently on a, a much older Mac uh, Pro desktop. And so it has stopped updating automatically because Apple no longer supports uh, computers from 2013 or 2014, wherever it's from. Oh, wow. That's impressive. It still works. I know. I'm waiting for uh, the day where it no longer works and and just got to keep backing up stuff. So uh, it's not all gone forever. What, uh, What hosting platform are you using or do you use more than one? I use more than one, uh, which... I, I was mentioning this to you before we started recording, but anytime I start a new podcast, I choose a new host just to see what all the different options that are out there. Uh, the very first podcast I ever did was on Podbean, uh, which I believe I just found through a Google search. Um, and I know Podbean's one of the older hosts out there. And I believe it was also the cheapest when I was starting. And Again, back in the day, I was like, I don't know if podcasting's for me. So yeah, I'll give this cheap one a shot. And I uh, stuck with that one for several years, including a, a long hiatus in between. Uh, and then our company had a podcast, uh, my, my day job company. And we used Blueberry for that, which I liked because of the WordPress plugin. Um, the, it's called PowerPress. And if you have a WordPress site, it's it just you know, seamless integration with it and makes it super easy to uh, post to your site with a nice little podcast player on there. Uh, and then Parks and Rec is hosted on Simplecast, which I learned about at the Podcast Movement Conference uh, in Philadelphia, which was a couple years back, um, but would definitely recommend that conference just to meet other podcasters and learn a whole host of tips, uh, different hosts, uh, different sponsorship opportunities, uh, learn about all new equipment, sometimes get the chance to win new equipment, test it out. Uh, definitely a great place for fellow podcast geeks like you and I to uh, get our get our geek on. Uh, and then Good People, Cool Things, my newest podcast is on uh, a pretty new platform called Sounder. Uh, which is started by former Google and Spotify folks. And so I was like, those companies are usually pretty good at innovation. Uh, let's let's see how Sounder is. And I actually heard about them. And again, this is the power of networking and uh, sharing other resources out there working for you. Uh, they found an article I had written about how uh, to do good interviews. Uh, and a, a tip that I like to use, which is basically don't respond after a person stops talking. And if you try it on me, it won't work in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keen to it. Uh, but you essentially just let an awkward silence sit. And more often than not, the person will continue talking and oftentimes will say a, a better nugget than what they had just given you because they're like, well, I don't like this silence. So I'm going to keep talking and here's something great. And 
uh, they quoted that piece uh, in an episode that they did on their own uh, company podcast. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of Sounder before. And I, I checked it out. And they have a, uh, a free option to get started. So I was like, okay, I like that. And then if it's, if it's doing well and uh, you know, I'm liking everything on here, I can upgrade to the, the paid format. Um, but I thought it was, it was really easy to get on board. And since I've been on, I've seen uh, a few different additions come on as well and different functionalities. And so it's, it's cool to see that they are uh, kind of taking various feedback that they're giving. I actually had uh, one of their co-founders reached out to me on LinkedIn to see how I was liking everything and, and gave me a couple tips to try out. And that's, uh, you know, the, the benefit of having a newer company like that is you are going to get a, a super personalized touch like that. Uh, whereas some of the more established companies, uh, you know, you, they have the backing of having hundreds of thousands of people using their platform and uh, maybe sometimes some some more resources uh, through that. So there's definitely pros and cons to all of them. And uh, I think it's worth doing a little research and poking around and seeing what's most important to you before you choose one. How about you? You said that you're on a new host as well. Yeah. So I, with uh, Get Heard, I use Buzzsprout and just because it was really easy, it was my first podcast and I found that I outgrew the uploading requirements. So you can only put three hours on their bottom tiered plan. And I was doing like just so much podcasting that like I would always, I'd blow through that like so quickly. I mean, that's a couple, you know, 45 minute interviews. And then that was all that I could upload for a month. So um, just switched over to Captivate and you can upload an infinite amount of stuff. And then you can, you can also have a more than one show. So coming into the second show here, that was another motivator for me to switch so I can have a second show and not have to pay anything extra. Buzzsprout, you can just have one show at a time also. So like in Captivate, uh, so far there's a lot of stuff on there. It is so much more robust than Buzzsprout is, but I really like it. Awesome. Yeah. I've, I've heard very good things about Captivate. So I'm, I'm, and that's all just been reading online. So I'm glad to hear from a, another live human that it's, it's worth checking out. And that's all I did too. I was just reading everything I could find from like 2018 all the way through present about like the pros and cons of the different hosting platforms. So a lot of good con written content out there about the different platforms. So listeners, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, Ask your friends, read some blogs and forums online because the information is out there. Just is all about what you're looking to do. Yeah, and and some of the hosts make it very easy to switch if you are on, you know, if you're on one and you're like, nah, this isn't for me. Some of them make it super easy, but uh, it's not always a, a seamless process. So it's definitely worth investing some time up front to choose one that has the the right options for you. Yeah, Captivate pulled my old RSS feed from Buzzsprout, uploaded all my Buzzsprout episodes onto Captivate and literally like in a couple of minutes. So super helpful that it was able to do that. Uh, that could have been a huge headache if it did not do that. Technology is amazing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So do you, on both of your shows, are you interviewing people? Are they solo or is it like you physically sitting next to someone while you're doing it? How, how do you go about it? Well, on Good People, Cool Things, I am always interviewing someone. I'm hosting it solo, but always have a guest. And thus far in all but one episode, it has not been in person. Uh, it's been over the phone. I typically use Zoom, um, but as we're doing, I like Zencaster as well. And uh, recently was turned on to Squadcast 
uh, also through the podcast movement conference, which is another, uh, you know, another remote way of uh, interviewing people and, and chatting with them. Uh, the benefit of Squadcast, I would say, is probably the video. Uh, where, so you can see if someone is about to hop in. I think it's very useful if you're interviewing multiple people at once, um, because a lot of times you'll get folks talking over each other. And if you can see, it's like, oh, Greg is about, like, he's about to jump out of his seat. He needs to say something. You can prompt him to do that. Whereas uh, if, if it's just audio, you might not know that. And you might get the couple of false starts over there. Although I will say, if Zencaster still has this since it's been a little while, are you able to play uh, the sound effects like the little baseball organ? I don't know how to do that. Can oh, I? oh, then maybe they took it away. I know when when I used to host, it was just like a menu at the top with uh, sound effects, and you could add your own. So essentially, just kind of have a uh, you know a soundboard of uh, different drops. But uh, they had a, a couple of pre uh, pre roll in ones. And uh, I remember one was like a sad piano, and then the other one uh, was a baseball, like, and I'd always just drop those in periodically if I was interviewing a friend or, you know, someone someone that wouldn't mind me kind of dicking around for a little bit. I've, man, they must have taken those away because I would, I would use those and I don't see them on here. I'm, I'm scooting through the screen. Devastating. Devastating. Come on, Zencaster. Yeah, Zencaster. Come on, get your stuff together. I want the cool sound effects. I want to be like a, one of those radio shock jock DJs. Yes. yes, just have an air horn all the time. Yeah, air horn. <laughs> Definitely. So you are interviewing people. You're using Squadcast. And how, how have you found the audio quality to be from the people you're interviewing? I like it. I found it to be pretty solid. Uh, a lot of the times, again, and and I'm sure uh, you've encountered this as well. It's partly dependent on the other person's setup. If they're calling you from the bottom of a well, there's probably going to be some echoes uh, and perhaps passerbys uh, shouting into the well. And uh, it's it's not ideal. Um, but if they're wearing headphones, if they don't have any jangly jewelry on, they're sitting in a pretty quiet room, uh, you're going to get some pretty good sound quality. And then some folks that I interview also host podcasts and so they have very good uh, equipment at home that they're able to use and that helps them sound even better but yeah i have no complaints uh with the audio uh on squadcast and and honestly like not too much uh with, with zencaster either um so i think they're both solid options and uh likewise with zoom i think that works uh pretty well in terms of getting getting everyone's sound to, to be all right yeah, I've I've been pleased with Zencaster. I've heard a couple people who use Zoom and have not been impressed with the audio quality, but like you said, it's probably I think it's the person on the other end who just has a bad setup for it and that's most of the reason for it. So, yeah, totally uh, really haven't used Zoom myself. Um I've been using Zencaster with a pretty high success rate minus the crappy internet I have here in my house, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm a fan of Zencaster. Awesome. Yeah. And their, their support team, I, in, in my experience has been super helpful as well. Uh, we'd give them shout outs and, uh, they even sent our office some stickers. So see if you can get some Zencaster swag sent in your way as a, as a loyal user. Um, I, I will add to uh, zoom something that is occasionally annoying and it's not all the time, but I've definitely heard it happen a few times. If two people are talking over each other, sometimes it kind of cancels out and you get that sort of 
distorted kind of tinny sound. Um, so if you have someone that interjects a lot while uh, another person's talking, you know, they give you a lot of mm-hmm's, yes, oh yes, that's good. Uh, that'll sometimes kind of uh, interrupt what the person is saying uh, and it'll just sort of, it, it's almost like it cuts out for just a split second, um, which most of the time can be corrected when you're editing, but sometimes it's like, nope, I missed an entire word uh, because we were both talking at the same time. So something to keep an eye out um, that I've only experienced on Zoom. I haven't seen it on Zencaster or Squadcast. No, that's a great insight. I, I haven't heard that, but definitely something as I move toward the video aspects of putting those in my podcast, something I'll look out for. My last question I wanted to ask you is how have you, how do you go out and find people to be on your show? I know we met on Spotaguest, which for all you guys listening, sign up for it. It's a huge online network of podcasters, people who want to be guests or who have podcasts along those lines. But what other ways have you found people to be on your shows, Joey? Uh, well, yes, would definitely also give my thumbs up stamp of approval to spot a guest. Uh, I found LinkedIn has been very helpful as well as Twitter. Uh, really any social network that you frequent. Uh, if, if you're not on a social network, I would recommend getting on there and kind of sharing some other resources before immediately reaching out to folks just so you have a little bit of that credibility built up. Uh, I also... And, and this is just from years of having uh, various different blogs. I've ended up on a handful of different PR and media lists. Uh, there's a PR database called Cision that uh, any, anyone with a website can sign up for it. And uh, you give a little bit of information about who you are and what your site covers. Uh, so I am on there for a few different topics, primarily lifestyle and food, because I also have a food site called Fat Foodies, where I'll review restaurants, uh, recipes, and I critique old 90s commercials. Uh, well, they don't have to be 90s, but a lot of them end up being uh, 90s food commercials, like the old Mentos commercials, uh, which are always, always a joy to revisit. And uh, through that site, I've gotten pitched a handful of different folks. And I'm not going to say 100% of them are, are smash hits, but probably about 35 to 40% uh, of the, the pitches that I'll get at least pique my interest. Um, and, and most recently, uh, I interviewed the chef of a restaurant in Charlottesville, Virginia called Tavala. Uh, the chef, Michael Kevany, had just released a book that paired some of the top dishes from his restaurant with uh, some of his favorite music. And so it was kind of like a cookbook slash playlist. And I thought that was just kind of a, a really unique thing because I definitely do sort of associate food and music. Uh, you know, if I'm cooking at home, I might put some music on. If I'm at a restaurant that's playing music, I definitely notice it. You know, is it too loud? Is it vulgar rap while I'm with my parents? Uh, you know, all that and, and creating an atmosphere and an ambiance like that. And uh, just chatting with him about, his experience in the restaurant industry, he gave a lot of great tips that could be applied to any kind of business. Uh, and then we just geeked out over music for, uh, I had to cut some of it out actually, because it was such a thorough, uh, just diving into all these obscure deep cuts um, from the 70s and 80s. And uh, it, was, it was a great conversation that I'd got just from a, a PR pitch. Um, and sometimes they take time. I think the initial pitch was in November. Um, and 
mostly due to my uh, travel schedule around the holidays. I was like, I don't want to set up any interviews because I'm going to have some availability. I'm not going to be home for uh, several weeks over the you know the coming months. And uh, I was like, let's touch base in the new year and eventually chatted and, and got the episode live. And uh, I think it turned out great. And so there's lots of different ways to find guests and, and you just got to be patient and keeping your eyes open for opportunities. Definitely when it comes to podcasting, patience is not only a virtue, but it is essential to be even somewhat successful. It takes a long time to build a following, to get people to learn about your show, to listen to your show. So you have to be patient and you have to be persistent. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the the persistence message because that is it. Very few podcasts, maybe Conan O'Brien's again, because he has 25 years of TV backing him. I maybe that one when the first episode came out, everyone was like, "Yes, I'm sold." Um, but more often than not, it's going to take a while uh, to to build up your audience, and you do just have to keep at it. And again, going back to being passionate about what you're doing, if you're believing in it, then it's going to come across, and it's going to make the episodes that much more interesting and get people that much more excited about it. Yes, totally agree with you, Joey. Hey, man, thank you so much for being on the show here. And can you tell us one more time where we can find you online so I can direct all my listeners to check out what you got going on? Absolutely. You can find Good People Cool Things at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. And you can listen to Parks and Rec at parksrecpod.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to say, hey, I'm on LinkedIn, Joey Held, also on Twitter at Joseph Currency. Drop me a note. Let's chat. And hey, maybe you'll become a podcast guest. Yes, absolutely. Well, Joey, thank you so much for being on the show, man, and greatly appreciate it. For sure. Thanks for having me in. Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama Media, please head to my website at getherdpodcast.com slash talking llama. There, you can apply to join the llama herd. And if you don't know, the llama herd is an inner circle of extremely dedicated, creative podcasters who are very, very active in the industry and always looking to collaborate. If you like this show, please subscribe so that you don't miss new episodes as they're released. And if you really want to take your support for Talking Llama Media to the next level, please consider becoming a patron. Something like $1 per month can go a very, very long way if all of you awesome listeners out there choose to be so generous and do that. Stay confident, stay creative, and stay curious. I'll see you next time.